missions team just got back. Have Pastor Bill come. And, uh, and he's going to just share a little bit about whatever uh, happened and tell us about it and then anything else. Anything else that as, as, we, as we go. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Pastor Mark. And thank you, Life Church, for letting us go on that mission trip through Life Bible College. It was a blessing and honor. And, and next, thanks I'd like to give, you know, the team, I've already told them thanks. They get enough. Um, no, I'm joking. Um, I want to thank all the family members that stayed here, that allowed your spouses and loved ones to go. Um, I know it's not the easiest thing and, and not always the greatest thing when your spouse leaves you and has to go away. And, and we were gone for two weeks preaching the gospel, doing what God told us to do in the Great Commission. And so I just want to extend a thank you to all the family members that allowed their loved ones to go. And thank you, church, for praying for us. You guys literally moved mountains, moved mountains. Um, it was probably the easiest ministering trip, um, not that I've gone on a bunch, but in the three that I've gone to Africa, this was just purely easy. So I want to say thank you for everyone joining in on that. So let's see, where do we start? I mean, wow, where do we start with this mission trip? Uh, first, an answer to prayer. I mean, Pastor Mark asked us to go and take Life Bible College students on a mission trip. Um, so it started there. Then where would we, would we start? Well, we would start that we were 25, 30,000. How far do, how high does planes cruise at, Pastor? 35,000? We're at 35,000, and, and we just happen to be back in the Emirates lobby area of the back of the plane because it's a long flight. And... Uh, we saw, a co we saw one of the flight attendants sitting down in their chair, and she had a pink stuffed animal against her stomach. And I, you know, I talk to people a lot. And, uh, and so I said, hey, what's, what's that for? And she goes, oh, I'm just not feeling well. I go, oh, so it's comforting you. And she says, yeah. And I went, yep, we're praying for her. I don't know when, I don't know how, but we're going to pray for this lady. And uh, so I kind of just leaned back against the thing and, listen to some conversations that Jen and Cynthia are having and um, she goes well what are you guys doing and where are you flying to why thank you for asking <laughs> thank you very much for asking I, I'm going to tell you what we're about to go do and so I told her we're, we're, we're going to Uganda and we're going on a mission trip we're taking Bible college students over there to just love on God oh so what are you working on well you know that's interesting I don't really know how to answer that because we're not really going to work on anything we're going to go love on people, and we're going to raise the dead, heal the sick, cast out demons, and uh, make disciples of all nations. And she just kind of looked at me, and she was like, you mean you're not painting buildings? No, mm -mm, no, not doing that. It was crazy. We went there last year. So I start telling her about testimonies from the year prior and telling her about all the healings that took place and how demons manifest and they flee in Jesus' name, that in the name of Jesus there's power, there's anointing. And I start telling her about healing scriptures. And I said, you know, it's amazing. Why don't, why don't I pray for you? And I bet you you get healed. And you could see her slobbering at this. She was just drooling like a dog waiting, at the, waiting for food. It was Pavlov's theory coming to fruition. And so um, she said it was her back. And, and I'm praying, you know, I put my hand on her back. And, and I'm thinking, you know, this, I don't think it's your back. And I said, you know what? This is going to be really weird, but this is going to be really cool. Um, I think one of your legs is shorter. And she's like, what? And I said, yeah, I see this all the time. God, God heals people with this all the time. So I get down on my knees, and she's sitting in her flight attendant chair. 
and with her pink stuffed animal. And uh, I lift up her legs, and her, her left leg is probably that much shorter than her right leg. And she's like, oh, my gosh. And I said, yeah. I go, but watch, man. God's an awesome chiropractor. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna grow your leg out. And keep your eyes open. You're going to want to see this. And so we start praying, right? Like, let's see miracles. We don't have to. If we close our eyes, we don't see them. Let's see them. And so, so I command her leg to grow out in Jesus' name. And here comes this leg. And her eyes are just huge, right? And all of a sudden it matches. And I said, hey, well, let's drop your legs and stand up and let's see, just so you don't think this is some type of parlor trick. And uh, so she stands up and she's like, my back's healed. It doesn't hurt. And I said, well, I know. That's because Jesus heals. But watch, your stomach's healed too. And she goes, it doesn't hurt anymore. How do you know a good trip's going to start off when, when God starts healing people at 35,000 feet? So then we kind of realize, well, then a coworker comes back, and, and I'm still on my knees in front of her like I'm proposing. And, um, and so the, her employee comes back. I said, hey, tell your employee what just happened. Tell your friend what just happened. So I start having her testify. And she's like, no, no, you wouldn't believe it. My, my leg grew out. I saw it. God healed me. She's like, are you serious? Get out of here. No, I swear. I don't hurt anymore. I'm not sick anymore. She put the stuffed animal away, an idol, an idol. And uh, then another employee came back, like, hey, tell them too. So there ends up being four flight attendants back there, and she's testifying to God's goodness and love for people. And so that started it. Where do we go from there? Where do we go from there? How about more signs and miracles? How about let's talk about God's love, what we went there for? We go to the first jungle church. Now, the first jungle church we went to last year, if you guys remember, that's where a witch doctor got saved. And that witch doctor got saved because Jesus showed up to her while we were praising God, while we were worshiping God. Jesus showed up to her and said, if you follow me, I'll take care of those evil spirits and they'll never follow you again. And she said yes. Jesus still shows up to people. Jesus still shows up to people just like he did to Saul. And then Saul turned into Paul and, ch and changed, changed a bunch of, bunch of countries, right? And a bunch of worlds, wrote 14 Gospels. So we go back there, and Pastor Sarah, she gets up to give testimonies of what happened from the year prior. Now, this isn't stuff we knew. We didn't know. I mean, we went to that church one day, went to the next church for two days, and so we didn't know much of, of what happened. So Pastor Sarah gets up and says, I want you guys to know, since you were here last year, not one single sac human sacrifice has happened. Not one single human sacrifice. I know some of you guys can't even speak right now because you're actually still completely beside yourself that I just said human sacrifice. But Uganda has a huge problem with, with children being kidnapped and genitalia being cut off, sacrificing and bleeding to death. Human body parts cut off of children walking to school, stolen out of their homes, out of their huts at, at night. And so... When she said that, I was like, no way did she just say that. From us just being here? From us just being here? Now, if you all don't believe that, you could actually uh, you know, challenge me. Go to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10 will tell you that if you are invited to somebody's home and their village is the home, you can leave your peace there. God gave me peace. He gave me peace. And he doesn't even say in that scripture that I have to pray to him to leave it. He told me I could leave it if I was welcomed. So there was 
seven of us last year that went into that jungle with the peace of God on us that were welcome. And we left our peace there not knowing that Luke chapter 10 was going to happen. Not one human sacrifice has happened since a year ago. Praise be to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. We serve a living God. Not only that, but the police have not been back out to that village, which is two hours away from the closest little tiny town, and there's been no more domestic abuse in any of the homes. She said, and they're not all saved, Pastor, but peace has overtaken our village. God's peace has come down in that place and changed that village by feet being on the ground, by, by people who have Jesus in them. Praise God. So, so that happened then. And then, um, what, should we go to the second jungle church, Carlton? Travel to the second jungle church? And let's talk about miracles there. Yeah, let's talk about miracles there. So we go to there, and Becky Holbrook, can you stand up, Becky, so everyone can see you? Becky. There's Becky. Now, Becky's a first-year Bible college student, going to second year. Okay. Um, and so she's going to second year, and, and she, I'm telling you, God opened up her gift even more, even more. Had seen her operating a few times throughout the school year, but, I mean, it just went waterfall. And, and she's like, hey, hey, um, all day my ear's been hurting. And it, it went away, and then we came back here, and my ear's in total pain. Cool, come here. Let's come here. So she gets up, and she, she calls out. Who here has an ear pain? And how many people came up? Yeah, 10 or so. How many people got healed? All of them. All 10 got healed. All 10 got healed, right? Had nine, seven, eight, ten, ten salvations at that church. One, oh, we'll hold that story. Thank you, Jesus. Um, the other ones, that, here's some amazing ones. I'm trying to figure out how to say this. Yes, yeah, she openly spoke of it, right? And so uh, this woman came up to, to Livingston. Livingston's my translator. He's, my, he's like my other half in the Holy Spirit. And um, he, she came up, and she needed prayer for her stomach. And so I laid hands on her stomach, and, and I did what I was taught by Pastor Mark and what the Bible teaches. You know, we command the pain to be gone in Jesus' name and command healing in Jesus' name. And healed. Just like that not hard and then she said well hey can you pray for my my children they're at home sick they couldn't walk here with me they couldn't get out of the house oh awesome well cool i'm just going to pray over the story when when the father came to jesus and says can you heal my son and jesus said go he's healed and in his faith and his going the son was healed right so i, I remind god of his word because god says remind me of, of my word and so so that was my prayer not hard she comes back the next day, and they had, I don't know how many people testifying of healings from the day prior. And here's her testimony. This is how God is so good. He loves his people. He loves his people. You've got to get it through his, your head right now, guys. He loves you. He loves you. And I know that's hitting some people in a weird way. God loves you. You don't have to do anything for his love. You do not have to work for his. He loves you. Man, there's somebody in here that that's, you, he loves you. Just accept it. In fact, right now, why don't we all just say, 
stand up, and we're going to say this. This isn't part of the testimony, but this is part of ministry. This is how much I want all of us to say, God loves me. Close your eyes so that you don't think anybody's watching you. And let's all say, God loves me. No, God loves me. No, no, he loves me. God, you, thank you for loving me. No, no, it's almost breaking through for somebody right now. He loves me. God, thank you for loving me. God, you love me. Thank you for loving me. I'm loved by you. I am loved by you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's sit down. So she comes up and gives a testimony. And she stands up and, um, she, yeah, she says in front of, I don't know how big that church was, 500 people. Probably, probably as big as, yeah, about as many people that are here tonight. Um, and so she gets up and she goes, well, they prayed for my stomach because I had stomach pain. And, and I got healed. And the church erupts. But no, 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 but, but I went home, and when I went home, my two children were completely healed and fine and fine. Bible came to life once again in her going. In her going, children healed. In her going, her faith, what she believed, in her going, children healed. Now this one's going to twist you up a little bit. It's twisting me up a little bit. I'm trying to figure out how to say it. God's a chiropractor, Right? He's also other doctors. I'm not going to say the other name because I just don't feel like I should. But she got healed from um, an STD, that a sexually transmitted disease that formed external growths, long growth chains uh, from her private parts. And while she took a shower... They weren't there. So she searched the floor, thinking they fell off. They weren't there. So she searched her private parts. They weren't there. God healed her of an STD like that. Now get this. See, this is, this is the part that twists you up a little bit, right? This might rock your theology. Pastor, I didn't pray for her for that. She didn't even ask for that. She asked for prayer for her stomach and for her children. In God's grace and mercy and love for his daughter, she was healed of an STD like that. Isn't that amazing? God is so good. God is so good. Well, what could top that? Well, I could tell you what could top that. Let's go to this. Let's go to this part. See, this is, this is things that happen. These are things that are going to happen more and more here. He's the same God there as he is here. We need to start raising our level of expectation of who God is. Becky, actually, why don't you come up and share this story? That's a beautiful African dress. She went crazy. Sorry, Mark. She went a little overboard in the in the gift shop area. <laughs> Left, I had a 
um, in prayer, we prayed for quite a few months. And I had seen myself um, with a dead baby in my arms and bring it back to life. Obviously, I didn't, but Jesus knew me. Um, so I was anticipating that happening. Sometimes these things don't happen the way that we necessarily see them. Um, but when I went and prayed for this particular girl, she was just besides herself with, with grief. And she had said that several weeks before that, her baby had stopped moving. And I don't know, she was seven months pregnant or so. And um, that severe pain had started about three days prior to that. And so I looked to my translator, Herbert, and I said, because I had a word of knowledge about it while I laid my hands on her, and, and um, he said that the baby is not alive. So I looked to Herbert, and I said, are you ready to raise the dead? And his eyes got <laughs> really big. <laughs> and I laid my hand on her stomach and prayed for her, and I felt a little bit of movement, and then the baby just went nuts. And the girl, woman, just went crazy. <laughs> she was just elated, followed me to the bus, wouldn't <laughs> leave me alone. Her, her whole countenance, everything had changed. She was just glowing. So praise be to God, yeah, she, she has a baby on the way. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Now, hold on. Now, I'm not going to get on you too much, but I'm going to get on you. We've been in Africa for two weeks. So this American culture of a golf clap. Thank you, Jesus, for raising a baby from the dead and, and, and blessing her mom. Thank you. Praise God. Now, there were some of you that got a little more excited. I get it. Um, but we're going to stand up. Now, if we can praise God without music for 10, 15 minutes, come on. Jesus just raised the dead. He just raised the dead inside of a baby, inside of her mom's womb. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. God, thank you for coming down to earth and shaking earth with heaven. Thank you, Lord. Let us shake heaven with our praises. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, you get all the glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God, we just glorify you. We glorify you. We glorify you. We glorify you. Continue to wow us. Continue to wow us. We glorify you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Let's get on to the next story. I mean, I, I mean, we've got time. Let's, let's just testify to Jesus. Let's take a seat. So let's see, where do we go from raising the dead? I mean, come on. Pretty good, pretty good second day in the jungle. Pretty good second day in the jungle. I mean, when you start out 30,000 feet, legs growing out, and then you end up just, well, let's just get rid of human sacrifices in the first jungle church. Let's just get rid of that too. Praise God. Well, let's just raise the dead in the second jungle church, right? Well, the bishop shows up. 
of the church. Now, this is the bishop that is, wow, what honor for this man. He took Pastor Joseph and his brother, Pastor Emmanuel, in. They would sleep in the church. And, they, and, and this bishop that was a pastor at the time took them in, adopted them as sons, raised them up. Um, shot five times in his abdomen during a certain regime over there, left in a ditch for dead, and lived through that. He was five Christian pastors that lived through that regime. Only five. He's one of them. And so the team goes out and starts praying for people. And I'm up on the, on the platform, semi-stage, um, watching the team just go to work. And it's such a blessing for a, for a leader to, to watch this, right? They're going to work. And um, all of a sudden... My translator elbows me. You should go ask Bishop to go pray with you. He'd be honored. He'd be honored? Like, are you kidding me? I should go wash this guy's feet. Like, why would he be honored to go pray with me? And I'm, I look at him, I go, Livy, so are you serious? And he'd be honored. Go now. Okay, I'll go now. <laughs> Tugindakati. That's how he says it. That's We must go now. So... I go ask this bishop, hey, would you like to go pray for people? Yes, I would. So I'm like, cool, let's go to the back of the church so the students can still be praying for all the, all the people in the front. And, and when, they ask for, when they ask for prayer, hey, would you like to receive prayer? They get it. Pastor, they get it. Man, I, I remember being back there about where you're at, ma'am, in the pink shirt. And there, we had a certain evangelist here, and I was like, man, I just want to go home and go to bed. I work graveyard. I'm tired. And he said this one word that I will never forget. You know, I've been in the ministry for about 35 years, and if any pastor ever asks for prayer, he goes, I always go get prayer. And I'm like, wow, that's wise. And I did, and he spoke over my life, <laughs> and I needed to hear what he, what he prayed over me. Um, so in Africa, when you say come up for prayer, the whole church comes up for prayer, all 600 of them. And, uh, and so this bishop and I go to the back of the church, and, and the first person that comes up is a woman that can't hear out of her left ear. And so... I'm um, like, well, tell her this is super easy. I'm just going to command it to open in Jesus' name, and it's gonna, she's going to be healed. And so she tell, he tells her in, in Bantu, I put my hand over, command the pain, and command the ear to be open in Jesus' name, command healing, done. Snap the finger by her ear, and she twitches, and I said, is she healed? And she's like, I'm healed. And this bishop who has done probably more for the kingdom than I can even imagine, he just looks at me. He's like, she's healed. I mean, he was in awe. And he starts calling more people. <laughs> and, so, and so here's this man. And, and the important part of this is something that I've also learned from my pastor. Is no matter how long we've been in this, this contact sport we call Christianity, following Jesus, you never know everything. Continue to learn. Continue to be open, open-minded, and open with an open heart, judging things by the Scripture, and and realize you don't know everything. You haven't experienced everything, and so um, it was an honor for me that this bishop of I don't know how many years for the kingdom and being saved was with me while God decided to heal every single person that came in front of us. And so, amazing there, and so. You know, as, as we talked about this and we were praying in the, in the green room, um, in the back room, it just happens to be painted green. It's nothing, nothing weird. And so, um, and so as we were praying this out, the Holy Spirit just continued to minister to me and continued to minister to me. And we started praying for the service. And, 
and pastor started, you know, we're all praying, doing our thing. And, uh, you know, I can't help but, but realize what the Holy Spirit wants to do tonight. And uh, I continually was getting breakthrough. Breakthrough. Freedom. Freedom. Breakthrough. Anointing. 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 What's special about that? What's special about the anointing? What's special? I mean, it's just the anointing. The anointing. Man, when I say the anointing, anointing. We, we, we didn't even have music today yet. Not yet. How, how, how do we feel the presence of God when there's no worship? How do we do that? We lift up our voices. We speak his name. Man, just by saying Jesus changes the atmosphere. Just saying. Just saying the name. See, the anointing is, is so amazing that it's transferable. It's transferable. It's not within Jesus. It never stayed within Jesus. It wasn't something that was always inside him and he could never pass it on. It was never something that was in Paul and he couldn't pass it on. It was never something in me that he couldn't pass on. It was never something in, in Pastor Mark that he couldn't pass on. It was never something in Carlton that he couldn't pass on. Or, or Wendy, or Dave, or Pastor Doug, or Brooke. It's the anointing. In Acts chapter 19, thank you, Jesus. In Acts chapter 19, this is how I know this. The anointing, the anointing, it, it sops in within me. Now, it's different here because we have this wonderful first world thing called air conditioning that I can feel blow on me. And it's awesome. Praise God. That's right. Thank you, Lord, for air conditioning because air conditioning is awesome. But I'll tell you what. In the olden days, they didn't have air conditioning. And what happens in that is, is what happened in Africa. You sweat. I know, I know, I don't like sweating either. I'm an American. But sometimes we have to sweat. And just by that sweat, see, Jesus is in me. In John 15, he talks about that. I'm in the Father, and the, if I'm in the Father and the Father is in me, then I am also in you. Jesus is in me. He's in pastor. He's in Matthew. <laughs> yes. Amen, amen, amen. He's in me. Right? Now, underneath the shirt, I have a, a, a T-shirt under there. And I am getting hot. It's seeping out of me. The anointing of Jesus is seeping out of me. It's getting my undershirt starting to get a little wet. Now, see, we all laugh because we think of sweat. But it's just a t-shirt. Now, if I had a towel, I would have a towel in my hand. Just like Paul's clothes. Can you believe it that people would come and steal his clothes after his work day? And they would take his clothes. Dirty, sweaty, work clothes. And the sick would go get healed. The anointing. The anointing is so amazing that, that as I walk by you, some people get tripped out by this. In fact, somebody has said, man, Pastor Bill, you walk around a lot. I know. 
There's a reason I walk around a lot. One, I get nervous. But what better? I mean, some people fidget with, with things, but I'm going to walk around. I don't do it because I'm nervous. I say that just a, just a joke. I don't do it to let go of my nervousness. It's the anointing. See, Ephesians 3.20 says anything I can imagine far greater he can do. Well, this is what I imagine because this is what I know happens in the Bible. And if it happened in the Bible, then it can happen with me and it can happen with you. And it can happen with me walking by you. And it can happen by you being in this room. It can happen by people coming into our drive, into our parking lot and get healed. Why? Because the anointing is in our parking lot. The anointing overflows everywhere from this building. The anointing flows everywhere I go. It seeps off of me. It seeps off of me. The anointing. Bump into me. Get healed. It's not me. It's the anointing. It's Jesus in me. It's the Holy Spirit in me. Is it just for pastors and preachers and teachers and evangelists and apostles? No. Are you a believer? Are you a believer? Can you imagine? Can you just imagine? I know it's hard. Some people aren't the most imaginative type of people. But I'll take up my imagination for you. What would it look like in your workplace? What would it look like in your home? That you don't just sleep and you don't see a sweat shadow, but it's the anointing. What would happen if you walked by people in your cubicle at work? Hey, man, you have a good day. Have a good day. Jehovah Sneaky got him. The anointing. You know what also the anointing also does? It shows me in Mark chapter 5. This is an awesome story. This one gets me a little excited. So Mark chapter 5 talks to me about that there was a madman possessed, demon-possessed, locked in a cave, chained up. Chained up. Can you imagine chained up? No one there to feed him. He's just a madman. And the anointing of Jesus, he saw Jesus walking up. Saw him walking up. Jesus hadn't said a word to this guy yet. But this demon-possessed man in chains knew he was coming. Knew he was coming. And when he drew closer, he addressed Jesus. Did you come to torment me? Set me free. The anointing. What would it look like if, if as we walked around our, around our cities here in the Treasure Valley, what does it look like if we start getting in the presence of God like Paul got in the presence of God? See, we don't get the anointing by sitting around. We, we, I, I know we wish we could. I, I wish we could. I wish we could get the anointing by just sitting down and watching Sports Center. I don't have cable, so I don't know. I don't watch Sports Center anymore. But that'd be awesome. I wish we could sit down and get the anointing of God that when we walked past people, our anointing from Jesus Christ himself healed people. I wish, the, I wish our shadows healed people. If we could just sit around and just sit. But God, I'm praying. Why, why, why aren't I healing people? Why? why, why? And I'm, I'm telling you, get in the word. I don't know. I didn't know where this was going, and, and pastor, pastor probably did. <laughs> um, I, but I'm telling you, get in the word. I'm challenging you right now. I'm challenging us right now. What would it look like? And, and the whole church body isn't even here. There's, there's roughly probably 
three, four hundred people here. What would three or four hundred people do in this Treasure Valley if we started actually, and I know some of us are, don't get mad at me, don't be an offense, hear my heart, hear my heart in this. What would it look like if we started getting in to God? Not at the feet of Jesus, at the throne room of God, boldly coming before him. What would it look like if we started reading scriptures and putting us in that, in that story instead of thinking it was somebody else? What would it look like if it said, no, Bill, Bill walked by someone, and as he walked by, Bill's shadow healed the person? What, what would, would that change things for us? It is you, and you, and you, and you. Not just me, not just Becky, not just Pastor, not just Pastor Doug, not just, uh, uh, not Tony, not just Todd White. It's not. The reason it is, is because we're willing to take that risk. We're willing, and I'm not saying I've arrived, because I haven't. I, I, I know I have not attained where, where God wants me. I know I haven't, and I'm trying and I'm working hard for it because I love Jesus and because I love his people. And I want his people healed, whole, free, doing the things that God has for you. But what would it look like? What would marriages look like? Man, things just got quiet. What would marriages look like? Glorious. Man, can you imagine walking to a home with peace? No spite. Can you imagine walking into a home of trust where you trust your wife? Where you trust your husband? Where you actually open up to your wife more than you open up to your friends? That's a marriage. That's a covenant. See, in the, in the, in the, man, thank you, Father. See, in the word covenant, God had a covenant with us. And the New Testament even speaks of it, that, that he will show us all things because we have a covenant with him so if we have if we have a covenant with him he has a covenant with us and he'll show us mysteries and I have a covenant with my wife why would I hold back from her God doesn't hold back from me Jesus never held back from me I might not be asking the right question but married, married, got married people in here. Get this. This is important. This is this is. Holy Spirit's trying to get something across to y'all. Your covenant with your your spouse, your covenant with your wife, your covenant with your husband, is a covenant. Start trusting each other. Start sharing things with each other. And in that, you'll be amazed of your communication. I know it's crazy, but I mean, I can't really have a relationship with Jen if I don't communicate with her. Hey, how's your day? It was good. Doesn't work. At least not for us. I'm a talker. Again, well, well, that's a covenant, Pastor Bill. No, that's the anointing. That's the anointing. That's Jesus in me loving her. Well, how do I get through that? 
be different for you than me. If I told you how to get through that, what I got through, then it would be a formula. And formulas don't work. See, because God wants us to spend time with Him. See, well, but, but the anointing, yeah. You, you see how this is kind of tying together? The anointing must link to spending time with God in His presence. See, if I want to get wet, I have to get in the pool. If the pool is here, but I stay here, how can I get wet? Man, the anointing's right there in front of me. I can get wet. I just don't really want to jump in. I don't want to spend the time getting wet. My hair, well, not my hair. <laughs> Pastor, I was looking at you when I thought hair, man. <laughs> I don't have hair. On my, on my arms, I do. I found out in Africa. I'm hairy. I have hair on my face. I forgot. I'd have to get wet. Then I'd have to dry off. And I would actually have to take time to do that. And then I'd have to find dry clothes to put on. Man, it's just a hassle. I'm not jumping in and getting wet. Is some of your guys' prayer time with God like that? Ooh. Come on, man. It is. I, I know it is. I don't know who it is. And in some effect, it's probably every single one of us at some level. Even though we're at different levels, whatever those levels are like, at some level, guess what God wants? He wants more of us. See, we sit back, and I heard Pastor say it, and it made me want more. God, we want more of you in this place. God, we want more of you in this place. God, we want more of you in this place. Pastor, how long have we been praying on Fridays at noon? How many years? Two? Three-ish? Somewhere in that ballpark? Two-ish? Let's say two. I think it's longer than two, but let's just say two years. We're starting. We're starting to see the things we've been praying out for two years, just during noon prayer. Not the other times that all the other body of believers are praying for, and not all the other times personal prayer time for pastors and, and so forth. We're starting to see the fruit of getting in the pool and getting wet. But there's more. See, I can get in the pool and get my ankles wet. But how can I get dug wet when just my ankles are wet? What's up, Doug? But my ankles are wet. We got to, as, thank you, man. Guys, this is important. This is so much more important than I was ever thinking or realizing. Ooh. We have got to grab a hold of him and not let go. We've got to grab a hold of him and hunger things because people's lives depend on it. Here in America, I'm telling you, devils and demons, mm, you're the same stinking demons and devils that are over there in Africa. You hide your little ugly faces in different ways here. They get medicated here. See, the anointing can't help but do that. Why was that mission trip so easy? We got in prayer for eight straight months and committed ourselves. Our, our, our families missed out on certain family activities. We committed ourselves. We got all the way into that pool, the deep end, our hair were wet, we didn't get out, we got pruned up fingers. Why? Because it was worth it. It was better to toil over here than go over there and toil over there. 
Don't go downrange. That's a, that's a military cop term, but do not go downrange if you're not trained up. You're going to get killed. There are real bullets over there. There are real bullets over there. We're supposed to be ready in season and out of season. So are we spending time in the pool in the anointing of God? The anointing. It makes demons flee. It gets demons out. Because the demons can't handle but scream in fear when Jesus is all about. He, they can't help it. He's all around us. He goes before us. He goes around me. He's always, always with me. He's in me. He goes everywhere I go. He can't help it. As long as I'm willing to go. Are you willing to go? Are you willing to go? This cameraman can't find me. I just realized that. Sorry, that's Africa preaching. I can't help it. Love you, Lee. Can't help it. The anointing. The anointing. See, as we were preaching somewhat of this message over in Africa, it's the anointing. See, I've prayed for probably, and I'm, I'm going to be honest, it's not like I've prayed every day and I haven't been like bloodied knees and there's not a hole in my wood floor from praying this prayer for 16 to 20 years. But I know it's one of my most consistent prayers. I'm, I'm going to let you into a secret. And it's still going to be one of my most consistent prayers. And I challenge it to us, all of us, for it to be our most consistent prayer. Don't turn it into a formula. It's got to compel you. It's got to have compassion for it. It's got, to, it's got to compel you. It must propel you to get up whenever God wakes you up and spend time with him and get your fingers pruned. But I have prayed for 16 to 20 years, God, no matter where I go, if they bump into me, I want people to be healed and know your love and your goodness when they walk past me. And I want them to know it's you immediately. I want them to say, Jesus, not to me, but Saul knew immediately it was God. He knew immediately. That's my prayer. So as we were, pre as we were preaching this message over there in that, in that jungle church, four-ish, probably 400 to 500 people preaching this message, Man, this is this is the coolest thing next to raising the dead in a mom's womb. I mean, this was the next coolest thing. I'm preaching back and forth about the anointing. And I have this towel because I knew it was hot and humid. It was about 90 with 95% humidity. And I am dripping sweat. And I'm wiping off with this towel. And, guys, it was just a normal towel. It was a hotel towel from the Culping Hotel. I took it back. I have morals. And so, it's just a towel. It's just clothes. But what's in the clothes? What type of substance is in it? What type of substance was in that towel? The anointing. The anointing. And what am I doing as I'm walking past people? Oh, yeah. I'm trying to drop sweat, sweat off of them. Spread the love, right? And I'm touching people as I walk by. I'm just touching people. Because it's the anointing. It's, it's just the anointing. It's just the anointing. Let the anointing go off on people. That more lives are saved. 
that more wisdom from, from the Holy Spirit is given to him while he's, while he's dealing with patience that not man or education could give him that saves more lives. See, it's the anointing. And as, as we go through there, as I'm going through there, I'm walking back up, and for 16 to 20 years, my prayer was answered. Now, I'm not excited, super excited about the outcome of my prayer. I was hoping it was going to be a healing or a lame man getting up from the a corner street where the entire world could see it, you know, and see Jesus at work. But what happened was as I was walking back through there, about ten rows back in this church, they all sit in plastic chairs. And I'm about three rows up from the front of the church again. And everything breaks loose. And I mean everything breaks loose. Chairs start flying. And when I say flying, I mean it is flying from that side of the church to that side of the church and back to the church and to the front of the church. And I look backwards and I hear, and all I hear is screaming. And I would love to imitate you to screaming, but I don't want you to know that I can get up that high in my... Joe might want me for like the high-pitched worship and stuff. But chairs flying and I look backwards and all of a sudden there's this kid about yay maybe 16 to 22 years old I mean he is running in the air I, I couldn't believe I saw, I, I saw it with my own eyes he is running in the air and he lands and he is like skidding on one foot and he's like trying to not be touched by this guy who just started manifesting yeah it happens it happens see in America churches this is what I've started to realize that, that I've seen and I haven't seen everything See, in American churches, you seem to see people get up and start yelling at the pastor as if the pastor was preaching the gospel to them or being offended that the pastor's just teaching. And I say just, I'm being facetious. It's teaching the gospel. Pastor Mark has given great messages and saying, Look, there's only mere words that come out of my mouth or pastor's mouth or other pastor's mouth. They're just, they're just words. But not when we speak about the gospel. See, when we start talking about the anointing, we start talking about Acts 19, and we start talking about that the anointing of his clothing went and healed people. The anointing that Jesus carried, demons fleed. Demons begged, please don't let it be my time yet. You can't be telling me it's my time yet. Leave me alone. Just cast me into the pigs. Sure, going to the pigs. Jesus said, right there, it shows that Jesus had foresight. Jesus knew the pigs were going off the hill and drowning. But this guy manifests completely. Chairs flying everywhere. I get back up and I, and I tell a couple of the students, go and deal with it. And from that point on, as we continue to talk about the anointing and demons manifesting, it started popping up like popcorn. I think four more if I remember correctly. Four more. Hey, Pastor Bill, can you explain this to me? No, I don't get it. I, I, I don't know. But I know I'm talking about the gospel. I know I'm talking about the anointing. Well, well how's it happen? I don't know. I don't need to know. I don't need to have a full-out debate with somebody. I don't care. I'm different than other people. I don't have debates with people about the Bible. I'm going to love you, and the power of God is going to work through me to set you free. See, 
well, Pastor Bill, I want to debate this scripture with you. Hey, cool, man. You have a great day. I'm going to go talk to somebody else. I'm not here to debate with you. I'm here to love you, and I'm here to pray for you. I'm here to set you free. I'm, star I'm starting to understand what God's doing with, with me. One, because he's telling me, and he puts me in situations and shows me, and then he, had, he puts me under Pastor Mark where he puts me in situations that that seems to always happen as well. And, and why? Because he's my pastor. He's my teacher. It's because he loves me. That's why. So if you want to have a debate, I'll send you to Pastor Doug. <laughs> Pastor Doug, just, just, no, I'm joking. I was going to have you stand up so everyone knew you, what you looked like. Um, <laughs> but he will go on a debate with you if you take him to, uh, what's that restaurant out in Nampa with really good bacon? Brick 29, um, as long as you order about 100 pieces of bacon. Um, it's the anointing. See, we're going to set you free tonight. See, the Holy Spirit doesn't, doesn't talk to us and doesn't share things with us just to be like, hey, just wanted you to know. Just, just wanted you to know that there's some people that have some, some things that they need to be broken off of. Well, here, I'll stir your faith up a little bit more. Hey, those, those guys and women that manifested in that church, we told them to get outside. So they got carried outside. And then everybody's turning and looking. There's reasons we're teaching you about this tonight. The Holy Spirit is, wow, awesome. There's reasons we're talking about this. I tell them to get, him out, to get them outside. I tell Dave, I forget the other two that went, I don't remember, Cynthia. Where Cynthia's at? Dave, Cynthia went. Becky went. They got set free. Are you serious, Cynthia? How'd they get set free? What happened? We commanded them to leave in Jesus' name. No. That easy? Dave, what'd you do? Tell them to leave in Jesus' name. That easy? Did you have to worship for a certain amount of time? Did you have to did you did you need to worship for a certain amount of time? Did you guys need to pray for like a half hour before this? Like did you say, "Hey, Pastor Bill, can we pray for 20 minutes and then go do it?" Didn't have time. What? How do you do that? You didn't have to work for it? Are you sure? Are you sure? Becky, are you sure you didn't have to work for it? Did you have to be in your prayer closet for like 50 days straight? It's the anointing. It's in his name, not yours. It's what he did on the cross. What we couldn't do on the cross. See, and then the rest of the church, what do you think they did when that person <laughs> wigged out? Wigged out. See, demons seem to want to distract. See, like in American churches, you see people stand up and want to, uh, you're going to hear my voice because I know I'm right. They're there to distract. It's not the person. It's never the person. If We must have dignity for one another. 
if we want to start seeing if we want to start seeing people set free and bondages breaking off of people and you know we have this we have this saying here at Life Church that real life starts here. Hey, in real life, you know what happens in real life between a husband and wife? Everything. The good, the bad, the ugly. Some of the best stories that I will miss if Jen passes before I pass will be the things that no one will ever know. Will be the things and stories that other people don't know about Jen. And if I pass away before Jen, she's probably just going to miss everything about me. And so... <laughs> May accept the beard. It might be because of the orange. But we must have dignity for one another. And what I mean by that is don't ever think that if Carlton wigs out right now, and I'm picking on Carlton because I know him, he's like a stepson to me, is um, he's like the son I never wanted. Um, <laughs> is, is that. It's not Carlton. See, we don't fight against flesh and blood. We fight against principalities and spiritual things in heavenly places. And it wasn't even Carlton's fault, probably, that maybe something is bothering him. It's not. The devil's a liar. He's deceitful. And sometimes he tells partial truths. Look it up in Genesis. If you see that in churches, or you see that, well, we don't really have crusades anymore in America, unfortunately, not largely, not a lot. It's not Carlton. It's the enemy. Let's start hating the enemy so much that we actually want to jump in the pool and spend time in the pool. Because that's where we get power. See, we get wet and prune on our fingers and toes because we're in the word. We're in the water, being refreshed, where the anointing can't help. But, I mean, if I, get out of the, if I get out of the water and come sit on Pastor Doug's lap, you got excited. <laughs> you thought the anointing was going to be all over you. I would... <laughs> See, if I, if, I touched, if I touched Pastor Doug, if I got out of the water, he would get wet. His shirt would be wet. His jeans would be wet. His beautiful hair would be wet. He would get wet. But if I wasn't in the water, I was just being a fake. I hate using that word, but, you know, back in the day we would use the words a poser, right? If you, were, if you wanted to be a skateboarder but you really couldn't skateboard, you were a poser. I mean... There's poser Christians all over America. Well, I'm a Christian. Are you? Are we? Do we have the fruit of it? Man, God is doing something so special tonight. It's unreal. He continues to tell me the reason we're talking about this, the reason it continues to come out in more of a challenging way. Like, hey, let's do this. He's got something special for this church. I want to be like the woman with the blood problem of 12 years. If I can just get to him and touch his robe. If I can just get to him. 
the anointing. See, everyone tends to sit back and be like, wow, Paul, his clothes. It was Jesus, too. It was his garments. It wasn't like Paul got onto something special, like in the sense of like he figured out the formula. It happened with Jesus. So if it happened with Jesus, Jesus was with Paul and in Paul, and Paul was in Jesus, and then they were in the Father. Don't you think this anointing was in Paul? Demons got cast out with Paul too. Remember the one that was following him, yelling, chirping, chirping behind him? I mean, she was really just announcing things, right? Hey, these are men of God. Hey, hey, look at them. They're going to cast they're going to cast out demons. They're here to teach the gospel. Hey, look at this. Oh, hey, this speaker's coming. He got sick of it. And he cast the demon out. He did what Jesus did. Dave, Cynthia, Becky, Wendy, Carlton, Elizabeth, there you are over there. I'm like, where's she at? Elizabeth, who am I missing? Shannon, where's Shannon at? There she is. Shannon, Kendall, 17, Peyton, 15. And I'm not going to say my wife's age. Young. 24. And I'm old. And I'm happy to be old. Every single person on this tri trip healed people, cast out demons, set people free, prophesied to people, had words of knowledge. You see what I'm saying? Dude, the anointing's for all of us. Now, if, if, if 11 of us, if 11 of us could get together for seven months straight and be diligent and continue in prayer, we didn't do it for ourselves. I would have, and, and, and I've learned so much about this, I wouldn't have rather been golfing. I wouldn't have rather done anything else. I'm going to miss those Sunday evenings for three, four hours a, a Sunday, praying together, crying together, weeping together for other people. Thank, dude, Holy Spirit is getting on us tonight. When was the last time y'all spent any amount of time weeping for someone else? And I know some of you have, and, I, and don't, don't be an offense. God is wanting us to catch a hold of something special tonight. And not just for tonight. It's not about tonight. It's about where he's taking this church. This is going, man, this, this conversation is going to a place so that Pastor Mark can take us higher. Believe me, and I'm not saying this for any other, I'm not saying this for any reason except that after being with a pastor that is in Africa that is so similar to Pastor Mark, it's unreal. And being able to sit with him and pray with him and hear him and him share his heart with me. It was like I got to do the same thing with Pastor Mark. Pastor Joseph has so much more revelation than his other pastors of where the church is going. Why? It's his church. See, Pastor Joseph, was he spends time in prayer because he makes the decisions for the church, not me.
well, I'm not part of his church, but not Livingston, not Pastor Mike, not Pastor Martin. Sorry, I pointed at Wade because Pastor Martin's like Wade's twin over there. So he picked us up at, at the airport at 1, drove us to the Kampala, went home, and he stayed up until 4 a.m. pastor praying for us with his wife who just had a baby a month ago. They stayed up till 4 a.m. and then picked us up at 7 for church. I've never asked pastor, and I'm not asking pastor. It's a rhetorical question, but I, I pray for pastor, and I have a really good inkling from the Holy Spirit that he's very much the same. And I know Pastor has a vision for us, this church. And I know Holy Spirit has given him a vision for this valley and a vision for this world. I know. He's even spoken it to this congregation before. We're the head of the locomotive train. We're going to be pulling others. So don't you think that's why the Holy Spirit is pressing upon us so much about the anointing and getting in? Get in. We will work out so much in prayer that preaching here and teaching here is easy. It's easy. And I know that just from this. Teaching you guys or preaching whatever this is called that I do, I don't know what it's called. It's easy here. Why? The anointing. The umbrella that he carries over his, his flock. See, you, you, guys, you guys may see Pastor Doug preach a sermon or teach a sermon and, and so forth. You, see, you may see me do that. Um, you may see Mac do that, PJ do that. You may see us do that. And you may sit there and be like, whoa, what is that? That's a, that's a cool gifting. That gifting is so easy here because I get to stand under his umbrella that he's, he's prayed out that he, he and Miss Amy have prayed out and spent time on their knees. It's easy here. You know why else it's easy here? You guys. It's you guys. You guys have a heart and a hunger for the things of God. You have a heart and hunger for the things of God. And you have such a hunger for the things of God that I know that as we leave here tonight, you're not just going to go home and sit on your hands. Some of you may. That's fine. But you have such a heart and hunger for the things of God that you're going to accept the challenge that the Holy Spirit is giving this church so that we can see lives change. Because those lives are other people's family members. Those lives that are walking zombie-like out in Boise and Meridian and Cuna and all these other, other cities, they're not zombies. They're not zombies. They're possessed. Whoa, we're getting into things we don't know. Here's, here's one that will, will, will twist you up. See, I used to have a, a theology about this, and a theology is ever-growing. So I go to Africa and set people free, get used to set people free from being whatever. We like to say possessed or oppressed. I really don't care about the words. I'm not going to get in an argument about words because one tried biting me, with a mouthful of blood because she bit her tongue so much she was drinking it because she accepted a black line into when she was 14. Now she's 25, and she was trying to find people to drink their blood. She gets set free in Jesus' name. She was saved. No, no, she was saved before. 
She was going to church all the time. Now, was she truly? Hey, I'm not the judge of that. I just know that when I asked her, she said she was saved and she had accepted Jesus Christ. Well, then, Pastor Bill, she was only oppressed. I don't care what you say. Oppressed, possessed, whatever. I have this saying so that we're all on the same page. If I'm in my house and I'm on my dining room table and there's a sliding glass door and there's three wolves sitting out there on the patio and I'm trying to get to my trigger so I can get my ribs off. I've been out of country for two weeks. I'm hungry for American food. Now, if anybody's ever seen a wolf in the wild, they are huge. They're not dogs. They are gigantic. They're about six feet long, 200 pounds. I mean, they take down caribou. They're huge. I, now, I own my home, and I own my property. It's my home. There's not a chance you're going to find me opening that door to go out to grab those ribs when there's three wolves sitting on that patio. They are, are they not controlling what I can and can't do? They are. Okay, well, let's take that a step further. Now, if those three wolves are inside my house, is it not going to wreak havoc? The same as if I would have stepped out there? So let's look at that. If the wolves are in my, in my house, that would be what we Americans like to term possessed. Now, if they're just outside of my house, but they're still on my patio door, but I can't go out and get my ribs off the, off the Traeger, well, that's oppressed. Cool. I like that. I like that example. I dig it. It makes sense. I'm saved either way. But for whatever reason, I left my garage door open or my fence gate open, and they got on my property somehow. I allowed those stinking three wolves to get inside my property fence somehow because I left my fence open because I wasn't soaking in the pool long enough under the anointing. I wasn't making wise decisions based upon the word of God, not feelings. I wasn't thinking about other people. I was thinking about me. And so the wolves got in my backyard. So people can say possessed or oppressed. I, I'm not here to argue. See, remember, I don't argue about or debate about things. The bottom line is that I know that I have authority. Get off my property in Jesus' name. Get out of my house in Jesus' name. I'll let somebody else argue or debate, like, the theory of that. I just know what I've experienced. See, if we're saved, our spirit's saved. Not my mind. I must renew my mind daily by the word of God. We must renew our mind daily with the word of God. Now, see, we want to, we want to, who in here wants to see the gospel come to life, the Bible? I want to see the Bible come to life everywhere I go. Every Sunday I come to church, I want to see the Bible come to life while Pastor Mark brings it. I want the Bible to come to life at my wife's workplace. I want the Bible to come to life when Miss Amy goes and buys food for the for Sunday uh, growth track while she's, while she's checking out food. Healings happen when, when she passes over money and they touch her hand and they get healed of cancer. Mark, when you go paint people's houses, the anointing gets all over it. Start imagining that. Start imagining that. What would happen to our what would happen to our community? See, we want a church set apart, do we not? I want a church set apart. So does Pastor. And so does Pastor Doug. So do you. I mean, every single person in here wants a, a church set apart. 
from other churches. I want a life set apart. Are you willing to do things to have a life set apart? Are you willing to sit in the pool longer than anybody else? And it's not about time. Don't. No, it is about time. I'm not. I'm not going to back down from that. I'm sorry, Pastor. If I'm wrong, you can correct me. I'll totally eat it. But it seems to be that the people, the the serious men and women of God, seem to have a whole lot more time with God than the people that don't. Smith Wigglesworth wouldn't even allow newspapers on his property. At all. We want a life set apart. We're just not willing to do things to set it apart. I I, I don't normally want to talk like this ever. But guys, God is is wanting us to step up more than we already do. Because we do. Our church church is, is... we see healings here every Sunday and every Wednesday because we are set apart. But Holy Spirit is telling us something tonight. There's more. There is more. There is so much more. There is so much more. Can you imagine? See, I can. I can imagine that, that when people come in here, because it's already happened, people come in here possessed, oppressed, whatever, and they get set free here. We see salvations every Sunday here because we're set apart because we pray for it. We see healings here every Sunday. God, I give, I, I give him all the glory for the healings we do see. I'm just not happy or content with them. I want more. I want my dad who died of cancer to still be here. I want every cancer person that comes in here healed. One's cool too. I want every cancer. And I know pastor does too. I know. I'm not speaking. I I know he does. And you know pastor's heart? Again, I know it feels really weird. It It feels like my heart's tethered to him right now. Is... It's not for more seats. It's not for a bigger building. It's not for for more acreage. It's not. It's not. It's so people don't lose their moms and dads and aunts and uncles. It's it's so people don't die and go to hell. Hell's a real thing. And we need we need to start realizing hell's a real thing. For eternity. That's why pastor and pastors spend time on their knees. That's why pastors in Africa will pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. That's why Pastor Mark will pray and pray and pray and pray. That's why I'm telling you, I can't understand the amount of that our pastors right here go through for us. But they love you. See, the anointing's here for you right now. Not for me. I know I'm under the anointing, 
It's easy. Because he continues to download himself like that. The anointing's for you. See, as pastors get up here, it's not for us. Is it for, is it for us, pastor? It's for you. See, he, he revealed in the green room to pastor and I that people are going to be set free and, and bondages are going to be broken tonight. And he's not a liar. He's not a liar. See, and you know what's really cool about, about the anointing and Holy Spirit is I'm not climbing all over chairs tonight. Sometimes I do because I just can't get to you fast enough. But God's about dignity for you. And we're family. We're not people that are going to run out of the church and start running our mouths about somebody. Oh my gosh, can you can you believe the altar call they made tonight for, for healing and so forth? Oh my gosh, can you believe that person was a prostitute? Can you believe you were running your mouth about that? I sit back and say, I can't wait till I see more prostitutes in here and drug dealers in here. Can't wait for it. Can't wait for it. That's what I can't wait for. I can't wait for it where they're telling their friends and they're telling their friends and they're telling their friends. And then maybe we, maybe then we have, we have, you know, more prostitutes coming up from Vegas. And who, what other, Nevada, I don't know, what other states. And then, and then here's a mind-boggling one. What about their pimps? Let's get the pimps saved. Let's do that. Because then they're not out there. Oh, my goodness. Are we talking about that? Two kidnapping little girls. No more human sacrifices in the village because, because Jesus gave us peace to give. If this is ministering to you tonight, I, I didn't know it was going to come down to this. I mean, I did. I just didn't know how it was going to get there. But I know I've been obedient. I know there's more I could talk about Africa. I know there's more stories about that. Absolutely there are. And there'll be more mission trips there for the church, for the Bible college, where you can see the Bible come to life. But pretty soon people are going to come here. There's so much anointing on that. Pretty soon people are going to be coming here. This is going to be people's Africa. This is going to be people's mission trips. I've got to get to Life Church in Boise, Idaho. I can't, I can't get it somewhere else. I can't get it through. I can't, and there are. They're getting it through live stream too. But I've got to get there. I've got to catch it there. If we get in the pool and get wrinkled up. See, as we came out, pastor entrusted me with this. And I'm honored. But I serve a mighty God that's about him. And now I put it in his court. See, we, we preach the gospel. And now what has to happen? Signs and miracles. Not jumping around, not acting crazy. Just signs and miracles. Because it's just what's so. It's just fact. Has to. Because he's true. He's not a liar. It's just true. If you've been out here, if you're in here, and I know you're in here, I know there's more than, uh, there's, a, there's a, a few. And I'm not talking about demon-possessed or oppressed, whatever. Not a linguistic. All I know is that there's bondages. And all I know is that I saw chains breaking free from people. 
All I know is that I saw the power of the blood of Jesus washing upon people's lives and them being set free and their, their memories being washed clean. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. You, there's, there, if you've been struggling with thoughts, your thought life, you're going to be set free tonight. So you're going to be set free tonight. Now it's on your shoulders to renew your mind daily on the Word of God. Not, oh, hey, I was set free, and then three weeks later, like, hey, Pastor Bill, I don't know what happened. Oh, I know what happened. You're lazy. Again, I'm not trying to be in your face or anything, but I had an awesome pastor that taught me this. Hey, Bill, as you start counseling people, ask them how their prayer life is. And for the most part, you're going to find out they don't pray very much, but they want your prayer life to give them the answers. See, you must be in the pool yourself. But God wants to set you free of your thought life tonight with his blood. It's going to wash you clean. It's going to be simple. It's going to be easy. I'm not even going to punch you with a jab or a hook unless he tells me to. And it's out of love, Wade. He went golfing as I was gone for two weeks all the time. He's going to set you free tonight. If you need to be set free tonight, and I know, I know there's people that do, and so does Pastor. And so if nobody comes on up here, then, then Pastor and I know we need to teach a series about lying. <laughs> and humbleness. We're given this message, and when I say we, I mean God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, Pastor. We're given this because we love you guys. We want you set free. We want you set free. There is such great things in freedom. Such great things in freedom. Jesus is going to set you free tonight. So if you, need, if you need to be set free from that thought life, why don't you just come on up and just start lining up right across here. And then we're going we're gonna to get this on, and you're going to be set free. And then from that point on, watch your life become so easy, so easy, so easy. And after we get done praying for these awesome, awesome children of God, awesome children of God. You know what's so awesome about this, about faith, is that your guys' substance and activation of coming forward just activated, activated the faith. Just activated the faith. The substance of you getting out of your chair in front of people just activated that faith to come up and get set free. Amen. Pastor, why don't, you, why don't we come up? Okay.